Alumna Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky team, Mr. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to The Tom Sumner Show. I'll tell you an interesting thing about the Fantastic. I was thinking about, like, talking with you. Uh, the original was written by Edmund Rostand, called Le Romanesque. He wrote it when he was, he was uh, 24 years old. And uh, uh, it, it was done by the Comédie Française, even though, even though he was just starting out very young. Uh, and later there was an English language version, which was done in, in, um, oh, in Regency Park in their outdoor theater in 1910 or 11. And directed by my later my college professor B. Iden Payne, a wonderful, wonderful man, and that was adapted from the Rustam play, which is called Le Romanes, the Romancers, and the 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 play uh, for the, in the English version was written by a woman writing under the pseudonym of a man's name. So that's interesting, right? Really and, interesting. And, uh, uh, and she called it the Fantastics. And uh, she, he called it the Fantastics. And then when it was done by the Comédie Française, Sarah Bernhardt played one of the roles. I can only assume it was the bandit, Straffarel, but it may have been the young man. She played it as a what they call breeches role. Pants role, right, 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 right. And so uh, she kept it in her repertoire for quite a while, I think. And um, uh, so that is interesting, again, too, like a little precedent here. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. We opened up with, uh, that was a, a little piece of a conversation between Tom Jones, the uh, original book writer and lyricist for a uh, the longest-running musical uh, on Broadway, The Fantastics, and um, there's, uh, the Flint Repertory Theater is going to be making history with a um, an unusual plot twist in their production of uh, the Fantastics coming up uh, next weekend. Uh, 
Uh, it runs June 3rd through the 19th, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of those changes and uh, get to, to meet a couple of people from the cast. Joining me by phone is uh, Neil McCaffrey, who plays Lewis. He's a uh, New York-based actor. And uh, Jeremiah Porter, who plays Matt. He's a recent graduate of Texas State's musical theater program. And they both joined me by phone. Um, Neil, Jeremiah, welcome to the show. Good morning. Hi, thank you so much. Hi, excited to be here. Um, how did you get contacted and, and um, cast? in what is a uh, a very different take on a uh, a, a long-running Broadway musical, The Fantastics, being performed in Flint? Um, well, I got uh, an email from Michael, uh, the director. He's also the uh, artistic director of uh, The Flint Rep. Um, they were originally trying to put this production up back in um, December, so, you know, with COVID, we do tapes for auditions, so I just sent in the tape, um, and I was excited because, you know, this is such a new, cool take on such a classic musical that I've known for a while, um, and yeah, I just sent in the tape, and bada-bing, bada-boom, here we are. And you, My and was, who, who was oh. that talking? Was that Neil? Oh, oh Neil. that was Neil. <laughs> I, I'm going to have tr trouble keeping track of everybody, and and I will uh, just underscore what you were saying about Michael um, from Flint Rep is uh, Michael Luberis. Uh But, Jeremiah, how about you? Yeah, so um, it was a little bit of uh, synchronicity, I feel like. I was reached out to by Michael in the fall, and he was asking to see if I could audition for the role of Matt, but I currently had another contract. And so I really wanted to be a part of the production, but I am just a very strange nugget. If I say that I'm gonna do something, I have to do it. So I told him no. I told him I wish him the best of luck and I can't wait to hear about the show. And lo and behold, you know, I think uh, Omicron kind of uh, came in and clouded things up for their fall production. So I got an email in, uh, I believe, late February or March with him reaching out again. And this time I was available and I was so excited. So um, I started off auditioning for the role of Lewis. And after that, he emailed me a couple, I think it was a couple days later. And he was like, hey, we found our Lewis, but would you like to be our Matt in this production? And I was like... I would love to be a part of this show in any way possible. I think it's really cool that we can start something new with something that is so traditional in terms of art. So I signed on, and the rest is kind of history. Neil, can you, um, so we can put a little context to this, can you give a brief synopsis of The Fantastics and add how it's been altered for this new presentation yeah um so kind of like uh in like tom said in that uh little interview clip, clip that you played um it's originally um based on a like 1894 french play uh called i'm not gonna say it in french but it's the romancers um which is essentially it's kind of like uh an inverted take on hey, romeo Neil, that's that's easy you just have to say the romancers 
<laughs> exactly. <So laughs> Anything French, just put la in front of it, and it's all good. Exactly. So <laughs> pretend I'm a little French chef over here. Um, and uh, so, yeah. So it was originally based on a, that French play, um, and now it's sort of a it's sort of a really open take on love, um, which is why it works so well. Just switching the girl and the boy to two boys because there really is um, a lot of uh, open room for play in the show, um, and so it's really just about two boys and their families and what love means. Really beautiful. Now you mentioned that you you were getting emails, but you were uh, doing some reading with uh, with Neil. Um, are you currently in Flint? Oh yeah, we're in we're in um, Jeremiah's apartment room right now. We've got rehearsal later today. We're gonna do another run of the show before we start tech this weekend. So we're full throttle in the rehearsal process right now. Yeah, we're in uh, downtown Flint, right by uh, the Flint River, actually. And and how long have you been in town? In, in other words, how long do you have to be here to uh, rehearse and uh, put the show on? Well, I got here um, actually a month ago today. I got here April 27th, and um, they had a small little New Works Festival for that weekend, and we hit the ground running with this show on May 2nd. So it's been about 25 days. We've learned the show completely, uh, learned all the music, all the choreography, all the scenes. So it was pretty quick, but it felt very, very smooth and easy. Now, it sounds like the story revolves around um, a romantic couple, um, but how big a cast is there? There's eight people. Um, so we've got the two lovers we've got our two mothers who were originally fathers in the original musical so that's another shift we've got more female representation um and then we've got a sort of little troop of actors that help us put together the story and what about the music did did anything about the music have to change um because of this uh reorientation <laughs> Um, we changed a couple of the keys um, for some of the songs that I sing since I was. Oh, I hadn't even. Uh, you know, that's funny. Um, is that uh, is that Jeremiah that's talking? Oh, oh no, that was Neil. <laughs> All right, um, and, and forgive me. It, it takes me a little while to get used to what everybody's no, no, no. voice I sounds like. But um, I hadn't even thought about about pitch and keys and and uh that that gender change in terms of voices i was thinking lyrically oh well yeah tom actually did rewrite some of the lyrics too but it's not there were no like big lyrical overhaul since the fantastics already was such like an open book in terms of um there's not really like a lot of specifics like it's not like louisa works as a dressmaker here here you know it's a lot more open um but since i am a, like a male um there's also there's a bunch of uh coloratura parts um that luisa sang in the original that we sort of messed around with a little bit um but a lot of the duets actually work where we didn't have to change the key um 
because it was already in a nice little sweet spot for both of us. Oh, that's that's interesting. Um, is the music performed live or is it uh, pre-recorded? Everything is live. No mics even, so it's straight from the source. Um, and, and what kind of orchestration do you have for the, the musical accompaniment? Very simple. We're trying to keep this as, like, yeah, simple as possible. We just have a pianist who is also our music director, and he will be accompanying every show with us. Which is how um, it's supposed to be done originally. Originally, it was just orchestrated for um, a piano and a harp, and we're stripping it down even more and just doing a piano. And who is the pianist? Brian Buckner, our fabulous music director. Shout out. Well, cool, cool, cool. I I um I, I like to see the musical accompaniment being done live. Absolutely. Live theater, baby. <laughs> and live music. Um so where will this be performed? Is it going to be in the uh uh the the Flint Youth Theater uh, I, I can't remember the name of uh, is it the the Elgood Theater or the um, um, Bauer Theater? We're in the Elgood for three weeks, June third to the nineteenth. And how many performances does that entail? Not actually sure. Is it thirteen? I'm not trying to stump you or put you on the spot. <laughs> like Where's your thumb? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can round up or round down. Up to you. But around 13. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Um, hey, guys, I have to take a, uh, a short break here, but um, I'd like to talk to you some more about this uh, about this show and about you guys. Um can you stick around for a little bit and we'll talk some more? Anything for you, Tom? Oh, how nice. Um, we are going to take a uh, short break and let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're, uh, if you're listening to us on uh, WFOVLP, our voice is Radio 92.1 FM Flint. They are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my good friend Paul Herring. And as I mentioned, we're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. And um, we'll be back with uh, more with Neil McCaffrey and Jeremiah Porter from the Flint Rep Theater's... uh, presentation of the fantastics coming up uh, i believe it opens next friday night um at the El good theater on uh, uh the cultural center campus near downtown flint and um if you miss anything when you're listening to the tom sumner program you can always go to the TomSumnerProgram.com website go to the archives and scroll through to the date and hour for the uh, interview you missed, and you can uh, share links to it or just simply listen to it right then and there. Anyway, we'll take a short break. We'll be back with more 
right after this. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom. This is my favorite interview always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Hello. Speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed. It's a robocall. Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. 
Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. the circle and it turns to light like this she touches it and there's a shaft of light it's filled with possibility a journey of discovery but only if we both believe that this can be true for the secret of the magic lies not just in the magician but also inside you i add and then she sings i ask you now this bare stage to create an enormous storm. I ask you when I speak of lightning that you see it slice the night. One or two passing shadows must you turn into a fleet. And then when the storm is over, I ask for you to come with me and spirit-like to fly through time back to the island which was, is mine. And most of all, I ask you now to take this empty circle and fill it full of life like this. And she makes a signal and the storm begins and the show is underway. Well, that same spirit was what motivated the Fantastics and almost everything I've written. More from the writer and lyricist of the Fantastics, Tom Jones, who uh, participated in a reworking of that long-running play uh, for a performance coming up next weekend at the uh, Flint Rep Theater. And we have uh, with us by phone a couple of the cast members, uh, New York-based actor Neil McCaffrey, Blaze Lewis, and recent Texas State's Musical Theater Program uh, graduate, um, Jeremiah Porter, who plays Matt. And uh, Neil... uh, Jeremiah, both of you, uh, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. No, it was great. Um, From what you've learned in the process of of putting this play together and getting ready to uh, uh, perform it starting next Friday, um. How eager was uh, Tom Jones, the the writer and lyricist, to um, see these, this kind of a change made to this, uh, what has become a classic work of his? Well, at first, um, there was actually like a small, not a disclaimer, but like an addendum to the script about the process of how it came about. And um, basically, it all started with Michael. He was really the seed for this development in terms of this interpretation and so he did it while he was in college about 20 years ago and he's been thinking about the show ever since and when 2020 happened and you know all the wonderful joys that came with that he realized that he had a lot more time on his hands and so he reached out to tom and suggested the idea and at first tom was a little resistant 
Uh, he was just hesitant because he didn't know if the story would translate. Or I, would I would think come. so. I would think so because I've talked to a number of writers and it, as much as they like to see, and I'm thinking primarily of uh, novelists and, and best-selling authors, as much mm -hmm. as they like to see their work turned into a movie, they hate to see the writing changed. <laughs> Well, I think his primary hesitancy was more so the time invested. He didn't know if he had enough of it and if it would be enough to make sure that the story was told properly. And then, again, synchronicity, you know, all of a sudden, we all had a lot more time on our hands. And so after that happened, he contacted Michael and he was like, listen, I'm down to do this, but I want to make the changes as the writer. And Michael was overjoyed, of course, because um, we get to have that authenticity of the original creative team. Well, yeah, that's that's really quite a coup, and right, and and this um, it seems like a simple notion, but it's really not when you take something as uh, staid as this play is. I mean, it's the longest-running musical in the world. Right. 42 years. That's a pretty good run. I'd say so. <laughs> and and it seems it seems like it's it's a small twist, but it really is a pretty dramatic twist. Did it How did the 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 content and the unfolding relationship uh, dynamics change in this new version or did it transfer one of the gender parts just very easily well you know what's actually really interesting is on paper there's not I mean there's there's little lyrical changes and little line shifts also Tom has been rewriting the Fantastics since its inception so there's we've sort of brought on like many different versions but for this one there weren't a lot of like you know there's pronoun shifts here we say like crown instead of gown um and stuff like that but so these small changes have really unearthed sort of like monumental um i like idea shifts about what the fantastics is saying um because now with two boys that you know that comes with a lot of societal um connotations and stuff um but it's still really at its core the story of the fantastics that always was which is really beautiful does does the does the message i mean most stories whatever genre whether it's in theater or books or movies um most stories have something they want to leave you with not mm -hmm. not necessarily a moral to the story like fractured fairy tales, but some sort of takeaway, something you've learned, Absolutely. something you've experienced. Has that changed in the new version, or is the message still the same? The message is still the same because the message is talking about universal love. And I believe that... Um, with this shift, it actually pushes more so towards universal love because the story is set up to be a very, very simple, 
straightforward interaction between two people who have an affection for one another. And when you get to see the show and when you get to watch this narrative play out, you begin to see how simple love can be without the connotations of societal expectation, if that makes sense. Are there things that um, are going to be awkward for some members of the audience? Are there same, is there same-sex kissing um, and, and, and well, so Tom, on? Well, that depends on the individual who's watching the show. There is same-sex kissing. Um, there is not any type of, like, sexual act really done beyond that. But in terms of expression of love, absolutely. Matt and Lewis are supposed to be um, young people, so it's about young love, I would say. Very innocent, very wholehearted, yes. And and I just wonder if it's strange, both of you have been in um, other performances, other plays. Is, is it strange to be affectionate in a gay relationship that publicly? No, not at all. Because I really do believe in theater and art being a tool to further humanity and further people's connotations on how they see reality. And so, so long as what I'm doing is based in enlightenment and love, I have no hesitancy at all to portray messages reflecting the sort. Well, I just wondered, you know, gay or straight, um, it, mm -hmm. it's, it's sometimes... A, a little awkward to um, to feign intimacy and to do it very publicly. Mm, I feel like that's the the whole hurdle of being an actor, you know, the <laughs> ability and intimacy and in expressing stories that are sometimes either difficult for the individual that's experiencing it or difficult for the person that's watching. But I believe that that is the whole point of the job. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of what we signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> now that was Jeremiah, right? Yes. Well, what have you signed up for next, Jeremiah? Oh, <laughs> we seem to have gotten mixed up. That was Neil who just uh, said oh, that that's what we're that was Neil who did the add-on and Jeremiah before. Well, it doesn't matter because I'm going to ask you both the same question. What's up next for you, Jeremiah? Um, what's up next, like on the horizons in terms of other shows? Yeah. Well, uh, I'm currently filming a pilot that um, I'm not really sure where it's going to be streaming. We're currently pitching it to other people. And after that, I am playing Don in a chorus line at the Weathervane Theater. Oh, cool. Um, tell me a little bit more about the pilot, if you can. I mean, is it, uh, is it a sitcom? Is it, what, what is it exactly? Well, the show is called Squad. Um, the person who is directing it is a member of the creative team for Gossip Girl, and he was really inspired to create his own projects after, you know, all of the inspiration that he's kind of collected from his job. And it's basically about a collective of vigilantes or superheroes who decide to get together and save their neighborhood.
Now, are are they actual superheroes, or are they like some of the cartoony ones we've we've seen in a couple of uh, a no, couple of stories? No, no, super cool. We have a whole bunch of CGI. Uh, we're actual oh, wow. superheroes. Uh, it's in um, live action, if you will. And uh, the whole premise is just talking about the dichotomy between, you know, fantasy and societal reality. So my character, his name is Squire, and he is ordained by God, if you will. And he has a flaming sword and his skin glows, but he was born in a low-income neighborhood. And quite frankly, the government doesn't care if you're ordained by God or not. If you don't have the funds to support yourself, you can't apply to be an official superhero. So all of these individuals kind of came together with their abilities, and they decided that they wanted to help, despite the fact that they didn't necessarily get seen in the eye of their government as being viable to do so. Wow, where where does this take place? I'm I'm just guessing Gotham City, but <laughs> you know, I haven't decided the official name of like the hometown. We're gonna wait to see who picks us up, and based off of that, our director is gonna choose the name. Okay, and Neil, so how about... I have to. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I'll have to fill you in next time. <laughs> yeah, please, by all means. And Neil, how about you? What's up next for you? I'm heading back to ye old New York City, and I'm going to keep hitting this audition grind and keep your eyes peeled. <laughs> of, all the, of all the things that you've played, Neil, is there, is there a role that you would like to play that you haven't played? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, I've never done um, a Stephen Sondheim show professionally. Um, so maybe something of his. Um, you know, a lot of uh, this year has been honoring him. And, you know, I would love to do a Sondheim show. Do you prefer um, musicals or is there something uh, from drama, comedy or both? that is appealing to well you know i i got my college degree in musical theater so that's what i'm most uh skilled in i would say um but you know i love plays too i would do wherever they want me i'll go <laughs> and and what about you jeremiah um is there a lot of singing in the uh superhero pilot uh, <laughs> no not in the process, but i do really enjoy uh making music I'm a producer and also a songwriter, uh, but you can't find any of my work right now because I'm waiting for the magic number of 25 to start releasing my album. And right now I'm 24, so it's coming around the corner. Oh, interesting. Um, you played in the producers. Um, how was that? You did your research, Tom. You did. A <laughs> little bit, a yeah, little bit. Uh, it was it was a fun time. Um, there was a lot of quick comedy. There was tap dance. There was tomfoolery, and um, you know a lot of people don't know this about me, but I'm a very very silly guy, and so comedy <laughs> is something that really makes my heart sing, and I love it very much. And and the character that you played in the producers, Casa Manana, which no, that's the. 
Go ahead. I was just an humble. I didn't have any uh, specific character role, but I played various characters throughout it. And I actually quite liked it because I also love to dance and there was a lot of dancing in there. So I kind of got to tickle my comedy strings while also staying fit, staying active and tapping my heart out. Yeah, that is such a, a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, play. And I, I, this is going to sound really twisted, but one of my favorite songs of all times is Springtime for Hitler. <laughs> now, why is that? What, what's the pull? What's that? I said, what's the pull? What makes your heart sing about it? It's, it's just such a just such a flip side it's something mel brooks does particularly well where he takes something yeah that is extremely serious mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then and then just completely flips it and 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 treats it so frivolously like like the spanish inquisition in history of the world part one are you are you familiar with it? I'm not. You may have to educate me a little bit. It's what it what it is is they show a scene from the the torture chambers of the Spanish Inquisition, and it turns into a big cast Broadway number. With singing and dancing and the Inquisition, da da da, you know, and it's it's hilarious, but springtime for Hitler is just such a I, I can't think of of two words that are more juxtaposed than springtime and Hitler. I understand there definitely lies comedy and dichotomy, so I completely see where you're coming from. And and that song, it just, um, you know, springtime for Hitler and Germany. And, and they start, you know, goose-stepping like a chorus line. Yeah. And I, Oh, uh, trust me, I, I remember the good old goose-step. And, and it's just, uh, to me, it, it's just such a, a funny moment. And Mel Brooks gets me with those things all the time. But, but that's one in particular that just stands out. If somebody says Mel Brooks, I hear in the back of my head springtime for Hitler. Totally. Although I, I also hear put the candle back. But um, but that's from Young Frankenstein, and there's no music in that. Another, no, no, no. There was quite a bit of music in that. That was another uh, Mel Brooks show that was, Oh yeah, they, they did just uh, they did bring that back fairly recently as a musical, didn't they? Yeah, I did it. I think three, four, four years ago. But um, yeah, another another show with a lot of um, themes that are surprising that lead to humor through that absurdist. Yeah, that's a great word for it. Absurdism. <laughs> it is great and I, you know what I could talk to you guys about this stuff all day but before we run out of time I want to make sure that people can uh, first of all that people know where to go to get tickets and I'm going to just guess that uh, they're available in uh, I don't know if they have any uh, 
ticket office uh, hours, but um, you can certainly go online to flintrep.org forward slash the fantastics and um, find out more about where you can get tickets. And again, the performance is at the uh, Elgood Theater on the Cultural Center campus in the uh, Flint Rep Theater uh, office building there, um, basically adjoining the, the planetarium. And um, I, and I want to give both of you, Neil and Jeremiah, props for spending time with me and the listeners this morning, but also an opportunity to uh, let people know where they can find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Um, Neil, let's uh, let's start with you. Do you have a website that you'd like to share? I do have a website. If you want to check it out, it's neilpmccaffrey.com. Excellent. And Jeremiah, how about you? <laughs> Same question. Yeah, you can check out my website. My name is Jeremiah Porter, and my website is jeremiahporter.com. And I also have an Instagram, which is Jeremiah Porter. But um, definitely suggest, beyond you know following me, definitely check out the show, especially if you're looking to expand your horizons on how you perceive the concept of love. You'll laugh, you will cry, and you'll also enjoy a fantastic show. And it's Pride Month, so you gotta come where it's homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> Joke, everyone. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> anyway, thanks, uh, thanks again, guys, and uh, say hi to Michael for me. Um, absolutely, absolutely. He, he always manages to sort of sneak out of these things, and <laughs> well, he's the genius behind it all. You know, he is the. Uh the mastermind and so it makes sense he has so many different hats he's wearing yeah but I try and happy. tell him that on the radio <laughs> well tom thank you so much it's been honestly a joy chatting with you about both this show and obviously mel brooks repertoire <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know how i went from tom jones to mel brooks that's just a quirk of mine but uh you guys break a leg and uh Keep up the good work. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Tom. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Once again, uh, Neil McCaffrey plays Lewis, and Jeremiah Porter plays Matt in this reimagined version of The Fantastics, premiering at the Flint Repertory Theater uh, starting next Friday, June 3rd. And uh, more information is uh, available at the flintrep.org website. And with that, we're going to take a, uh, a short break and let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. They are WFOVLP, our voices radio, 92.1 FM Flint, a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my good friend Paul Herring. Again, we'll let them uh, squeeze in a few words or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. But we're going to take a short break. We'll be back with the final segment of today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. Coming up Monday, a very special Memorial Day 
edition of the Tom Sumner program, and I hope you'll tune in for that. We'll be right back. Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner program begins its 15th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMagg. Flint Community School. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Loan Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan, Flood Technology, My Community College, Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon, they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work, and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger, and see her on her birthday. You know, I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital. Go to a local symphony concert, Visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom Dana. Dana? Something must be wrong. She never calls. Dana? What's wrong? Take this down. She's stranded on the side of the road. I'm not. She needs us to send her an Amazon gift card. I don't. And she'll use it to pay the tow truck driver. I won't. Mom, Dad, that's not me. It's a scam. Scam artists will call, text, or email people trying to get them to buy a gift card from Amazon or some other company. And then ask for the gift card number over the phone. 
Remember, gift cards are for gifting, not for paying people. If someone asks for payment using a gift card from Amazon, Target, or some other store, it's a scam. Hang up or delete the message. These scammers are awful. Wish they'd pretend to be her brother sometimes. Be nice to hear from him. For more tips on avoiding scams, visit michigan.gov AG for your connection to consumer protection. Oh, I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your Hollywood reporter, Don Hinckley, at the premiere of what is probably the most talked about motion picture of all time, the story of the great love between the handsome Roman general and the Egyptian queen. We're hoping to interview the beautiful star of this epic. And, oh, I, I, I think we're in luck. Yes, yes, we are in luck. Here comes that great beauty now. Excuse me, would you like to say hello to your millions of fans? My name, Jose Jimenez. <laughs> hello to your millions of fans. Of course, uh, everyone here knows the name of your picture, but I'm sure you'd like to mention it again. The name of my picture is Digit Goes Egyptian. <laughs> I always thought the uh, title of the picture was Cleopatra. Oh, no, no, no. Cleopatra is the name of our coming attraction. <laughs> coming attraction? That's right. Well, that picture cost $40 million. That's nothing. I was cost $100,000. Well, that's not so much. For a ticket? <laughs> Do you mean that you're charging $100,000 for one ticket? Why, I couldn't afford to see that picture. Would you like a free pass? (laughs) Yes, I would. That'll be (laughs) $10,000. How much did the picture actually cost to make? Including lunches. Why why should lunches be so expensive? Do you know what it costs to smuggle corned beef into Egypt? Costumes uh, must have cost you a fortune. Oh, costumes, my goodness. They... Costumes alone cost $50 billion. I imagine uh, Cleopatra's costume was the most expensive. No, there we save money. <laughs> Eight yards of saran wrap and some beads. Was all all didn't we for that. didn't they uh, try to save money at all? Yes, we tried to save money at all. For example, one time we had this thing, you know, that was going on in a beautiful alabaster hall. And we had 30,000 dancing girls running around. And we had 20,000 musician people playing golden harps. And we had 40,000 slave girls pouring wine. Well, how did that save money? We used paper cups. That must have been the famous orgy scene? No, that was the famous coffee break. That's fantastic. Yeah, we swung on a set there. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I gotta tell you one thing. That the picture has a surprised ending. So nobody will be seated during the last five hours. 
Well, it's obviously a very long movie, but uh, yes. do you plan to have intermissions? Yes, one intermission. Wednesday. <laughs> you guys can take Wednesday off. <laughs> you mean the show lasts a whole week? Yes, if you see the cartoon. Cartoon? Yes, Ben-Hur. <laughs> Mickey Mouse plays Ben and Minnie plays her. Exactly how long have you been uh, working on this picture? Well, quite a while, because we had a delay one time. We had to lay off on account of the noise. What noise? World War II. <laughs> we had those tiger tanks going there. We were straight. It was really terrible, and then it was these guys with the pointed helmets. Jose. <laughs> Maybe it was World War I, huh? <laughs> Sir, let's talk about your co-star's salary. I understand it's an astronomical figure. She certainly has. <laughs> I, you I, noticed that, yeah, huh? I'm talking about I'm her salary. I'm glad to see her Oh, your salary. Yes. Yes, yes. Well, you talk about what you want to talk about, and I'll talk about what I want. I understand that she makes $8,000 a day. Now, that's more than most people isn't make in a year. Isn't that something? $8,000 a day. Yeah. It's a lot of Boy, money. Sure. But is she really happy? Boy, is she happy. <laughs> You never heard such giggling in your life. It comes from that girl on payday, and you can hear it all the way across the street. But, Jose, yes. money doesn't buy happiness. No, but for $8,000 a day, you could rent it. Now that you've mentioned your beautiful co-star, I wonder if you'd answer the question the whole world is asking. I would be delighted to, as long as they don't ask it at once. Let them ask you one at a time. Let's start with India, if you want right. to. There's a lot of people over there. The question is... Yes? Are you going to marry your co-star? I will have to say it this time, and you can quote me on this, and I don't care if you quote me word for word and even better. <laughs> I will marry the woman I love. You will? I always do. <laughs> I don't know what I could tell you about how much I love her. I would climb the top of the highest mountain. I would crawl on my little belly across all the desert and the hot desert, and I would go across the most ragging rivers for her. When will you see her next? Tonight, if it doesn't rain. <laughs> Listen, you know, I got my good toga on. I don't want to spoil it. Jose, what would you say was your biggest problem in the picture? I would say my biggest problem in the picture was the asp. The uh, asp? Yes. You mean the snake? Yes, the snake asp, yes. <laughs> you see, that is snake. Had to come around and hug Cleopatra real tight and coil around her and come up and bite her right on the neck, you see? And it was my job to teach that asp how to do that. So, so, so what's wrong with that? He got it right the first time. I told him nobody likes a smart asp. <laughs> This was another Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program.
when a virus comes along that's spreading like a plague And POTUS and his lackeys have been nothing if not vague Well then you've got to trust the CDC and listen well Unless you want to bid our free society farewell There is a Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. And if we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us. In a stretch of quarantine that lasts until July. A super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. And if you got a better cough in your arm, and if you got a better... <coughs> now back in 1918, influenza had its run. But half the docks were busy overseas with World War I. Today we have mass media and scientists to say, if you don't want this virus, well then stay six feet away. Super damn important that we practice isolation, because we're asymptomatic while it's an incubation. We'll overwhelm our hospitals if there's not mitigation. It's super damn important that we practice isolation. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. And so I hope at last you'll take this lesson here to heart. Cause it's already scary and we're only at the start. If you get bored, just think of the immunocompromised. Who can't go much of anywhere unless it's sterilized. Oh, super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. If we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us. In a stretch of quarantine, the last until July. A super bad, transmittable, Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. From the Thompson Hey, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you have a great uh, holiday weekend. Don't forget, Monday we have a special Memorial Day edition of the Tom Sumner Program, which uh, will kick off with the uh, National Commander of the American Legion. And uh, who else do we have? That's Paul Dillard. Uh, Dan Hampton talks about his book, Valor. And John O'Neill, Dancer and the Devil. It should be uh, a very interesting conversation. Thanks to all my guests today, starting with Neil McCaffrey and Jeremiah Porter, who are performing in the Flint Rep Theater's uh, uh, presentation of The Fantastics coming up next Friday. That'll open. Uh, during the um, middle hour today, we talked to former UN Relief Chief uh, Mark Locock and uh, about his book, Relief Chief, A Manifesto for Saving Lives in Dire Times. We also talked to uh, State Police Captain and former candidate for uh, governor, Mike Brown. And uh, in the first hour of the show, we started off talking with uh, author Ann Whitney Pierce about her book, Down to the River, and uh, GOP candidate for governor, Mark We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role oh, well, in the show. Out of time. And Good night, everybody. And of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. 
Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.